0: It's another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Welcome along, I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area with an office in Bradenton, Florida as well. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott, what's going on?
1: Ah, oh, You know what, I, everything's going good. I'm trying to figure out, they. I have YouTube TV as my primary TV at home and, and I love it, it's, but they canceled their contract and you know now we're in february and they canceled their contract with sports time ohio and that's not we, good i don't get any calves and i won't get any indians games on youtube tv so now i'm trying to find another service because i need to be able to watch my indians games when they start cranking up here in a few months i so.
0: hope they f- they resolve that that would be very frustrating
1: And I found out that not a lot of the streaming services have the regional sports networks.
0: I think ours was eliminated recently as well.
1: Yeah. So I think AT&T now or ATT TV or something, they have it. But I, I have to spend more than I'm spending now. So I'm just aggravated. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i can hear that yeah i i will say though i think it does feel a little bit better that uh i'm still glad that we've cut the cord and gone with the youtube tv realm but i feel like we're just going to end up very, we're not but a couple of years away from paying the same price as we were previously for all the yeah. cable stuff
1: well you get all these services too everybody's got a pay service espn Yep. You know Disney Plus, Netflix, you know Di- Discovery Plus. Yeah. I mean, you're always like, you know, adding on another five bucks here, ten bucks there, for these add-on s- streaming services.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like what we had hoped for, though, right? Like, haven't we all said, "Oh, it'd be nice to just have like an a la carte, a la carte option where you just choose the five or ten episodes, uh, channels that you want to watch." problem is the a la carte is services, so you're still getting tons and tons of shows and quote-unquote channels that you'll never watch.
1: Well, yeah, and and I think I I know I'm realizing even though the a la carte is there, I I want a little bit more of the a la carte than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I want a few more. Oh, it'd be nice to have that Discovery Plus streaming (laughs) service. They got got the Food Network on there. I mean, yeah. I can watch the Pioneer Woman all day long. You know, I don't really do that. I was just saying, using that as an example.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point though. There are things that you start to we found Fixer Upper on uh, on on the TV the other day. We're like, "Oh, it's been a couple of months since we watched a Fixer Upper episode, you know." It's so you, you get these things you burn out on and then they kind of resurface. So, "Oh, yeah, I, I I've seen a thousand episodes of House Hunters, but it's been a few months since we, you know, watched a few of those. Let's dive back in and watch a few more, you know." So they Then
1: they, then they're going to stop showing them and you're going to have to pay 5 bucks a month to watch them again. That's right. That's right. And then you're going to be
0: like, "Ah, okay, probably not worth it at that point." But maybe they 'll hook you in' it 's only a dollar it 's only two dollars yeah and you'll you 'll just pile it right back up but anyway yep. another another problem for another time, actually, I do have a story on uh, on that in fact uh, kind of related to that. That we'll bring up in our movie and TV review a little bit later right. on. I've got another one, good one to bring up for you on today's show, Scott. But I will give you a preview. It's going to cost you probably some extra money to go watch it. <laughs> so okay. All right. There's, there's your a la carte if you want to watch this show. You're going to have to pay a little bit for a new service for it. So a little, little, little hint and a preview. Uh, we've got that coming up on today's show. We're going to answer one of your questions on the program as well. Tom has our featured question of the week. He has his, uh, an MBA trying to understand investments. And his portfolio, uh, wondering if he needs to work with an advisor. If you have an MBA, do you really need help? Well, that would be a good question. So we're going to throw that at Scott and see what he thinks. Lots of other good things to get to on the program as well. But our main topic today, Scott, is to talk about uh, financial literacy element, the three qualities of money. What are they and why is it important to know these qualities? And if you Maybe. don't know the answer to the question, what are the three qualities of money, this episode certainly is for you. We're going to explore what they are, talk about can you get them in one single investment, why you need to have the different qualities represented in your portfolio. And if you get a good understanding of these by the end of today's show, you'll be well on your way to, I think, having a good foundation for building a successful financial life. So let's dive in, Scott. What are we talking about when it. we mention the three qualities of money?
1: Well, the three qualities of money are growth, safety, safety. And liquidity that's it on a basic level growth obviously self-explanatory you're trying to grow your money usually stock style investments safety you're trying to protect your money and liquidity is money you can run and grab anytime you need it I I always call it roof blows off your house money you know you you need money quickly you gotta have that liquidity
0: it's a great point roof roof (laughs) blows off your house money yeah
1: (laughs) It's my humor there, I guess. It's the,
0: the easy way to describe that one, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, so those are pretty easy to understand. Growth and safety, those are the easy definitions. And then, yes, liquidity. How, how fast can you get your hands on those dollars? So what investment? I mean, all those all those are good qualities to have. I, I want growth, but I also want safety, and I want to be able to get my money whenever I want it. So what best investment is there for me to achieve all those three qualities, Scott?
1: Well, you know, the ultimate investment would be something that grows, is completely 100% safe, and you can grab any time you want. It doesn't exist, though. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. So that's where the difficulties come in in trying to balance, to get the proper mixture between growth, safety, and liquidity. A lot of people try you know, to do certain investments that give them safety, but they sacrifice growth. Or maybe they want to have safety and they sacrifice liquidity. It's very hard. There's no single way to accomplish all of them. So they are going to require three separate different types of investments working in different ways.
0: Every investment brings you probably one of those qualities. but and, And maybe two. But no single investment can you really grab all three, at least mm-hmm. not in a, an efficient and official way, growth, safety, and liquidity. So let's maybe give some examples to kind of drive the point home, Scott, so we can mm-hmm. kind of see how these different qualities of, of money. What would be um, like cash? What, what does that accomplish? What qualities does cash represent?
1: So cash is going to be safety and liquidity because it's cash but you're not gonna grow very much here. So think of this as money you have in the bank. We all know right now we don't earn much in the bank and we're pretty much collecting dust with our cash that we have there. But you get to drive by it every day and see it when you drive by your bank and you can stop in and grab some of it if you want. So that liquidity's there. And then you've got the safety. It's not invested in any types of stock markets or anything like that. So cash is safety and liquidity. But without that growth, you can't have all your money in cash because we know the cost of gasoline, taxes, and your grocery store bill is going up every year. And if your money doesn't keep up with the cost of that inflation or all those goods going up, you're eventually going to run out into some issues down the road in your retirement. So you know, cash is good, but you can't have everything in there.
0: Even within that category of cash, we even still have varying levels of safety, right? Like cash in the bank is a little bit more safe than cash, you know, under your mattress, right? Like you're you're introducing some additional risk. In depends in. what neighborhood you live in. Walter. <laughs> well, any 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 house can have a fire, Scott. That's true. That's true. This is starting to sound like one of those true true crime movies that you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right, so a good illustration, though, of how we can kind of get two of those things, safety and liquidity, with cash. But, yeah, no growth really happening there. Uh, What about in the investment world? Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, can we lump all those together? And and what kind of qualities are we achieving there?
1: Well, you know, there obviously there's variations between the three of those. But the main emphasis there is that you're going to have growth. And in the majority of cases, you're going to have liquidity. We all know about stocks. They are, those are, are the most growth-oriented types of investments that we have out there. And you know, the S&P 500 is a good benchmark of the stocks. You're going to have that growth. But you if you buy an S&P 500 index fund, you can sell that fund any time you want. If you buy shares of Apple, you can sell it anytime you want and create that liquidity and at the same time you're getting growth. But what you're giving up is that safety. Apple or the S&P 500 can drop 20% in a day and you're giving up that safety. But you need to have that growth to stay up and, and outpace inflation throughout your retirement. Bonds, very similar. Bonds are debt instruments of companies. They are they are safer than stocks for the simple fact that if a company goes bankrupt the bondholders are paid before the stockholders but you know you're gonna get growth not probably as much as stocks in certain years and some years maybe you get a little bit more but you can always sell that bond and create liquidity mutual funds are just pooled investments of stocks or bonds or other types of investments in the majority of cases, you can just sell that and create liquidity. There are some abstract scenarios where you know b share mutual funds, which really aren't around a whole lot you know, you might have some types of penalties or fees if you if you get out of that. but for the most part, mutual funds are one hundred percent liquid too, and they're going to give you the growth of those underlying investments but again, you're giving up that safety aspect,
0: so we have safety and liquidity in cash but no growth we can add the growth in with investments like stocks bonds and mutual funds but the trade off is that lack of safety and liquidity even changes a little bit there and it's all relative right like right. Oh, i need cash today well stocks bonds and mutual funds aren't quite as liquid then uh, compared to cash but if we're just talking you know in a week then that's a little bit more understandable so just keep those things in perspective Yeah, it's as a good go point through. to bring up there yeah yeah and and also i guess one problem would be to sell a stock you got to have a buyer right scott so there's a little bit less liquidity even with it there i, I need to get out of this stock but it's down 50 percent. do i want to to sell it and get out of it now and and maybe you don't even want the liquidity at that point so
1: yeah no that's another another point too yeah so, something else to consider
0: all right. What about annuities? I know that's a big part of the financial world and especially folks approaching retirement. Annuities get brought up and talked about a lot as a, a great vehicle for folks to be in in retirement because of some of the options that they offer in this three worlds or three qualities of money conversation. What about annuities and our growth, safety, and liquidity?
1: Yeah. So annuities, you know, they're going to give you growth and safety for the most part. But what you're gonna give up is liquidity because most annuities are going to have maybe seven or 10 or 12 year, what are called surrender periods on them. So if you leave earlier, they're gonna charge you a penalty or fee to take your money out. Most annuities allow you to take 10% of the account out without any of those penalties. So your liquidity generally in, in in a year would be limited to 10% of your investment without having any types of penalties or fees. Now, you can always take the whole thing out. That is that liquidity there, but it's gonna cost you. You know, maybe five, six, eight, nine 9% sometimes, depending on how long you've had it. The other thing with annuities, that does give you that safety, but most of the time, in a lot of situations they cap that growth so you're not going to get as much growth as you're going to get out of stocks or bonds or mutual funds they're going to cap that growth so it's it's always that trade-off you have that safety you do get growth but you have a limited amount of growth you have a little bit of liquidity but not 100 liquidity so annuities are kind of a little bit of this hybrid thing that allows you to a little bit of growth, safety, and a little bit of liquidity.
0: And uh, just for some background purposes, Scott, real quickly, I know we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but can you explain a little bit or, or see if at least I'm on the right track of of the why behind some of this? And in particular, I think annuities is a good example. Why does a company? They say, okay, we're willing to give give you growth and the safety, but we're going to take away the liquidity. Why they? Why can't we keep the liquidity into the equation? It seems like it would be so easy there. And my my understanding, and and let me know if I you can please provide a better understanding or if I'm off base here. But it's they they want to take lock that money up so that they can then use it. They're basically borrowing your money and they're going to go use it and try to make more off of what they're willing to pay you. And that's why it's illiquid because they need the money to be able to go and make money off of it, off of you giving them that money for that financial product. Am I barking up the right tree?
1: Yeah, you are. You are. And the thing to consider too is that, you know, some of these annuities too, they you know, if let's say they they have different indexes associated with them for growth. And you know, you have the let's say the S and P 500, they may cap your S and P 500 at four and a half percent. Well, what about the S and P 500 earns 10% in a given year? You know who makes that extra money? Well, a lot of times the insurance company does, you know, they buy different options and have different strategies they use to hedge themselves. And that's another reason they can't offer one hundred percent liquidity because they have that money invested sometimes to offset some of those indexes themselves, so yeah, but you know they are using your money so that you can't just you know get it back very quickly.
0: That's a great way to look at it. I give you I buy a hundred dollars you it might turn into a hundred and ten which I'll be happy with and you're going to you're going to tell me it's safe you're not going to let it go under 100 at least. So I know right. it's going to be somewhere between 100 and 110. Now if it happens to go up to 140, I'm not going to get that, but you know, you as the the company will get to keep that additional profit and that's your your benefit. That's your your fee for the service in a way is to be able to capitalize off of that extra investment. So that's that's the trade-off. You're going to hold on to the money for X amount of time gives you the chance to make some off of it. And in exchange, you're giving me safety and liquidity. It's it's just a balance between these three things in basically every element of the financial world.
1: Right, and and they they also buy options to hedge themselves against a market drop, so that then they can pay you back your a hundred dollars, so that that money's available there. So they protect themselves on the downside, and then also, you know, they they have that upside gain above what they're you know, offering you from that cap on that index.
0: I find the balancing act fascinating. So pretty cool to see that. All right, let's do one more, just because I find these helpful to actually look at specific examples. We talked about cash, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities. Uh, What about another popular retirement investment vehicle, real estate?
1: Yeah, I mean, real estate, again, it's a little bit of a combination of, you know, growth, safety, and liquidity. You're going to have growth from real estate. You're going to have somewhat safety, not maybe as much safety as you have in the bank. And obviously, liquidity is limited. You can't just say, oh boy, I need to grab some cash out of my house today. Unless, of course, you have it under the mattress. But we're talking more along the lines of selling your house quickly. It takes a while to sell your house. It's expensive. There's a lot of fees and and all that stuff in order to get your money out of the house. So, barring getting like a, you know, home equity loan or something like that. The growth though, I mean, it's not guaranteed. We all remember 2008 when the market, you know, the housing market collapsed, you know, property values dropped dramatically. Some areas of the country were just devastated. So real estate can go down. It doesn't always go up, but it does give you growth. Not as much growth as you're going to get with stocks and bonds and things like that. And again, that safety, you know, it can drop. So there's no guarantee that your property goes up, but it's not very volatile. It doesn't fluctuate every day like a stock does or a bond does or a mutual fund. So that's, you know, you're going to get a little bit of a less growth rate. You don't quite have as much safety as you would, you know, like in cash and that liquidity, you know, it takes a little while to get your money out of your house.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And that, that liquidity and the safety has a big variance level, right, when it comes to real estate. that, can, yes, that yes. More so than other uh, things that might represent the same qualities, but you still see that, that there's variance between them. So that's another good illustration of all of those. All right, so taking a step back for a moment, hopefully we have a good understanding of safety, growth, liquidity, how they all operate in the financial world. When you meet with folks, do you find that people are putting too much emphasis on one quality over the others. And what are the consequences of of doing that? And then how how do you fix it all?
1: Well, Walter, that's a very good point. And you know what? I a lot of people that come into my office and see me, they want growth, safety, and liquidity all bundled together. You know, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They say, "You know what? I want to grow 10% a year and never lose any money." Well, you know, it's great. Everybody wants to do that, right? And I want to be able to grab it anytime I want. But like we stated before, you can't do that in a single investment. So some people, you know, they have a tendency to be more safety oriented where they want to say, you know what? It's okay if I don't grow my money that much, but I want to make sure I don't lose any other people are like, I can take some of that downside risk. That's fine. But I want to start to grow the money. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. The key is is that when I sit down and meet with somebody, is I figure out their situation, what they're trying to accomplish, how much assets they have, and where they're positioned at. And then we work together to come up with a mixture between those gross safety and liquidity investments. So one of the things I do is use like a bucket approach where you say, hey, you know what? We wanna have you know six months worth of expenses, liquid in the bank. So you know you can run and grab that. That's your safety net money. Then we wanna have some money that's maybe generating some income for you where that's gonna be something that we're gonna have some of those, maybe more of the bonds or the mutual funds or maybe in some cases an annuity, if it makes sense for them. And then lastly, you know, we have another bucket where we're trying to get as much growth as we can, because this is the money we're not going to touch for 10 plus years. So if it's a little volatile, no big deal. We don't have to worry that much about having to, to grab the money either because it's 10 plus year old money. We have our next six months worth of expenses liquid for us. So it's that finding that balance between all three, the gross safety and the liquidity, That meets what that specific individual's needs are. You know, what type of expenses they have coming up? Are they going to have to pay for a wedding coming up? And, you know, that we adjust and we modify those, all keeping in mind that we're trying to have this goal in mind, which in a majority of cases is funding your retirement you know, for 20-plus years once you retire. So everybody's a little bit different. Everybody emphasizes something a little bit more than the other. But what my job is is that I can then kind of wrap that all together and come up with that balance between the growth, safety, and liquidity
0: got to have the balance and it's hard to achieve on your own that's why it can be helpful to have an advisor to work you through these things put your plan through an evaluation that sees is growth safety and liquidity all properly represented and balanced in your plan and if you'd like to talk to scott about getting a complimentary financial review looking at where you currently stand where you need to go into the future Uh, Have that conversation with them. All it takes is a simple phone call to 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or you can go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet with Scott right from your smartphone or computer. And that contact info is all in the description of today's show, so it's easy for you to find. Look for the show notes or the description section. Talktoscott.com or give a call to that number, 888-742-0111. If you have any questions on the three qualities of money, please don't hesitate to reach out. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's program. Good question for you this week, Scott. Who besides your parents taught you the most about life?
1: That's an interesting question, Walter. And I'm not trying to get brownie points here, but, you know, it never does hurt. But I would tell you my wife has actually taught me the most about life. My wife and I are opposites on a lot of different things. And she's opened up my eyes to, you know, certain things and acting certain ways and, and doing things. And I would say, you know, my wife has probably taught me the most about life besides my parents. I mean, I've been married for... 23 years too so you know the first 10 years i didn't learn anything and then after that i started picking up on stuff right she stuck she stuck
0: with you through your stubborn days until you yeah and she would tell you i
1: still she would tell you i still haven't learned anything but uh, i actually have yes
0: oh that's too good that's very funny well that's probably a pretty good answer i think picking picking her wins you the brownie points for sure but also a, a sign of a strong relationship. I think when you can learn from your spouse and vice versa, that's an important thing. Have you been able to return the favor? Would she say she's learned some things about life from you? Or uh...
1: I, I would, I would say I think she has. Okay. And, uh. and and you know, and I'll I'll add this in here too, in case she's listening, <laughs> honey. You're not always right, either. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> oh, that's that's good
0: stuff. That's good stuff. But you still learn something in those moments, don't you?
1: oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> she has taught me a whole lot and and yeah so she's definitely the person that's taught me the most besides my parents very sure. cool that's good and 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 if she's not listening i, I probably won't admit that to her that's so right. that's right exactly
0: <laughs> well you, you covered your bases on the show at least so that's good. yes all right let's find out what's on the mind of our listeners we've got a good mailbag question to answer this week it's time
1: for the mailbag we want to hear from you
0: Okay, Scott, this one comes to us from Tom. Tom says, I have an MBA and I understand investments well. So I've always handled my portfolio myself instead of having a professional help. And I've always done well. In your honest opinion, though, is there really any reason for me to work with an advisor?
1: Well, you know what, Tom, that's a really good question. And I do hear that a lot from people is that they've managed their investments for years. They, they, you know, they feel very comfortable with it. They've done very well. And, you know, honestly, you know, in everybody's case is a little bit different. Maybe you don't need to have an advisor, but the people that still understand how to do their investing often seek the advice of an advisor because it, once you're retired, number one, do you want to deal with it anymore? Would you rather you know, just be going out and about and doing your thing? Number two, it's important to get your spouse involved. Your spouse may not be the world's best at managing your investments, and it's good to have somebody there if something happens to you that's familiar with your situation and can help out to make sure things transition and that they can be able to live their life comfortably. Another reason, too, is simply the fact that you know, it's constantly changing all the time. And I mentioned, do you really want to be dealing with your investments when you're retired? Things change all the time. Tax laws, different investments, different strategies, you know, economics, all these different things. Do you want to stay on top of this every day? Do you want to, you know, be that involved with it? Or would you rather be spending time with your grandkids doing different things? So I think, you know, even though Tom that you know you really have a good handle on the investments you might want to ask yourself you know do you want to deal with it that much do you think having somebody else would help you and your spouse if something happens to you and you know always having another set of eyes too, understanding the different things that are going on with taxes and i think experience in doing that stuff too might be able to help you out a lot. So Tom, my advice would be, you know, meet with some different advisors, have a conversation, let them know what you're thinking and what your situation is and see if there's an advisor that you feel comfortable with to help you kind of with that next step.
0: That's a great point. And Tom, if you like to have that conversation, you know, it's kind of one of those no risk, no obligation kind of conversations, if you will, to use some some buzzwords of the financial world. But, but it's true. Uh, you know, if you've done a lot of this on your own, perhaps it's time to offload some of that as things change in your life. Retirement planning is a lot different than maybe just picking investments from, you know, earlier parts of life. Some of those things may be opened up to you and by having that review done. So do feel free to reach out. You can get in touch with Scott by scheduling that visit, that time to meet, at talktoscott.com. Again, talktoscott.com. We'll put a link for that in the description of today's show. Or you can call 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Good question. Thanks for that one, Tom.
1: Just sitting at home with nothing to
0: do. Shelter in place movie TV review. All right, time to see what we've been watching on TV, maybe a movie lately. Scott, what's been in the queue?
1: Well, you know what? I you know, sticking to my true crime shows that my wife and I watch. We watch something on Netflix called the Night Stalker.
0: Oh, that looks was good
1: which was the story of Richard Ramirez. But what I like, and I've watched different things about Richard Ramirez before the Night Stalker. But what I found I really liked about this one is that it was very well produced and they had the original detectives that worked the case on there talking about all these different cases. And it was amazing that they remember all these little details. It was probably because it was such a big case for them at the time. Uh, but the original detectives that were on this case, and that's what I found fascinating, their insight into, yeah, we found this, and, you know, it was all the sh- it was all about a shoe print. You know, they found this same shoe print from this Avia tennis shoes that were, you know, very limited in, in quantity, and they were able to narrow it down to all sorts of stuff, and that's what I really enjoyed about this one was kind of that other side, not just what Richard Ramirez did but more along the lines of how they went about finding him that I found was was really neat about it.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. You said that's the Night Stalker? Yeah,
1: Night okay. Stalker on Netflix. Yep. I remember
0: seeing the previews for it, and it looked pretty good. I think I even added it to the queue, so just hasn't okay. haven't, haven't gotten to it yet. But putting it on the list for another one to check out. Uh, I'll throw out Yellowstone. Uh, ha- have you seen it yet, Scott?
1: No, I saw the previews. I I think my wife watched a little bit of that one day. I did not. That's got uh, Kevin Costner in it, right? Kevin
0: Kevin Costner, and uh, it's on peak. uh, I guess it's on Paramount TV. Okay. So I I do think YouTube TV has Paramount, and I think you can actually watch the second season on it, but there are three seasons but you can't watch the first season on it. You have to get Peacock TV, to the the new NBC streaming service.
1: It's spending my money for me, Walter.
0: Yeah, had to go, had to go sign up for that. You can watch the first episode for free, so you can test it out if you want. And then, if you want to keep watching it, you'll, you know, you then can keep watching it. But I think you would really like it. It's it's okay. big business, you know, Montana, you know. So it's got beautiful scenery, photography. About a family trying to protect its legacy in the farm and the conflicts that they get into. It's uh It's not a family friendly show by any means. It's it's pretty rough around the edges. So, you know, you you might want to be used to watching some of those shows that have you know liberal amounts of <laughs> cursing and the like. Uh, it, it's R rated, we'll say, but uh, but you know, it's it's one of those shows if you kind of have liked. Those raw, uh, more raw, like H- HBO, Showtime type shows in the past, then it won't be anything different from those. So, so uh, they're they're cattle
1: ranchers, right?
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Okay, but it's yeah. you know it's a lot of power, influence, and you know they're they're constantly being targeted they have kind of conflict with the native american reservation that's nearby and you know they're 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 conflicted but the guy's son is married to a native american and actually lives on the reservation where they're having these conflicts mm-hmm. so that adds a little complicated layer to it all and sure. uh, yeah just very uh very wild very interesting it's it's a long you know longer episodes but very fast paced most of the time so okay it's it's a pretty good show it's there's a lot going on very intense very intense show, but I think you'd like it. So it, it's worth the 4.99 a month or whatever for a co- you know a couple of months for Peacock TV. Then you can, I guess, shut it shut it off after that.
1: So, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch
0: it. I'm Give it a try. I list. really think you'd like it. It, it. You'll like it a lot more than um, it's it's the complete opposite of Virgin River. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> it's as about as far away from that one as you can get. So that one's light and fluffy. This one's the complete opposite direction.
1: Walter, you know we're going to be doing this like ten years from now, and I'm going to still pull up Virgin
0: River. I know I'm never going to live that one down, and people are going to be like, "What show are they talking about?" Yeah, ten
1: ten years later, this is it'll have been lost
0: in the ether by then. But
1: it'll it'll be on the Classics Channel.
0: (laughs) So anyway, that's a good one. Go check out Yellowstone if you like intense, cool, Western, big business type uh, you know shows. It's pretty pretty good acting. Very, very interesting show. I've got a really good one for you for the next episode, but I'll save it. I'll save it until then. So I've got one other one one to throw in there. Go check it out. Night Stalker and Yellowstone, the two recommendations on today's episode. Scott, that'll do it for us. Thanks for the help, my friend. Hope you have a great rest of your month, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You too. I look forward to it, as always. All right. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next time on The
1: Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs if I can watch it.